This is the time of year when our chalice circles start up. They are a form of small group that has a short, uh, in order that they can be closed, they are, once they form, they are just those people meeting together twice a month um, and grow, grow deep um, in the way that one can when, um, when in a group that gets to know each other well. Um, but then they can, they can dissolve come summer and um, people can mix and get into new groups again. So we form those uh, in October each year. And of course, we have many other kinds of small groups, ones that anybody can drop into, our young adult group or elder journey that just come any time that they're meeting and, and jump on in, and others like men's groups and women's groups that tend to be uh, long-term and set uh, membership, but other people come in as spaces available over time. What they share in common is the art of conversation which our transcendentalist forebears did consider an art and a spiritual practice. The transcendentalists, who were uh, largely Unitarians um, and other uh, philosophical and theological trailblazers of the early 19th century, practiced conversation as one of the arts that can lead to spiritual growth. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, and so in groups where debate is earnest, and especially on high questions, the company become aware that the thought rises to an equal level in all bosoms, that all have a spiritual property in what was said, as well as the sayer. They all become wiser than they were. It arches over them like a temple, this unity of thought in which every heart and thinks and acts with unusual solemnity. All are conscious of attaining to a, it shines for all. Small groups is there's also a lot of fun and laughter, which you don't always get from Emerson. <laughs> I'm sure he was a barrel of laughs if you actually knew him. Most of us know how hard it is to really listen well. It's hard not to interrupt. It's hard to stay focused. Distractions are everywhere. Own minds which tend to start thinking about what we're going to say. Now, of course, those things are going to come into your brain. That's the lovely, sparking, synergistic experience of conversation. It's like what other people say makes you think of things, and that's so exciting. So a skill we can practice in when that, that reminds me experience comes into our minds is pushing it gently to one side and keeping the space of our attention available for what we are hearing. That thought will wait for us to have a chance to develop it. You know, here, having the chance to hear what a person is telling you about themselves and spending it thinking about what you're going to say is like going to a great movie and spending the whole time reading your email. <laughs> you're missing most of what you came for push to one side the things that we would like to develop in our own mind, just give our entire attention not to problem solving, not to advice, but just to listening. What we hear is a whole new world, one we can't get to by ourselves. Now, there's lots of attention, as I said, on <clears throat> what makes listening hard, but you know, I think being heard can also be very difficult. 
as Sarah Dessen humorously calls it, a problem, it truly is challenging in the best way to have to keep going, to meet with a circle of faces all paying attention to nothing but what is about to come out of your thoughts, your own words, your feelings. For me, when I'm in a group like that or in a conversation like that, I feel this great challenge to, to say things that are worthy of that attention. And although that can be intimidating, it's also wonderful to feel like, oh, I really need to think hard and say what I mean. They really want to know just that. Not just babbling to fill the space, as one can do when anxious, but to say what they are so eager to hear. And in the trust that such a group creates, it becomes easier to say things that are really the most important things on our minds and in our hearts. Is there anything that we could learn to do better that would transform us and each other and the world more than listening? Is there anything? Don't you wonder what people would say if they knew they were being heard? The millions of women now silently struggling under the burden of memories of abuse and the knowledge that they will be, they would be heard. What would it do for them? What would it do for everyone? If the people holding the secrets of those who abused them no longer held their silence, the effect would be like an earthquake. And the power of being heard can release abilities that were kept tightly wrapped, contained, battened down for years, decades, a lifetime. Watch out, world. And likewise, the power of hearing others' stories can change us. You know, we only get one lifetime each, but when we really listen to someone else, we have a chance to live inside someone else's experience for a while. Such a, it takes practice, and we do get better at it with practice. So, enough talk about listening, and now it's time to listen. We're going to do it right now, and no, there will not be an earthquake, or if there is, it won't be due to our listening. <laughs> we'll handle it. Now, a few things before this exercise. Trust takes time. And trust makes vulnerability possible, and the practice of vulnerability in turn creates deeper trust in a wonderful, virtuous cycle of intensifying relationship. We will not get there by 15 minutes of loving attention. So I can't really recreate, we can't re recreate the experience of, of being in a small group where you come every couple weeks or every month and check in and really get to know each other through this listening and the sharing. We know that. But the first 15 minutes can take us far in the right direction. And we all have the power to help take a group right there. So let me tell you some logistics. We are going to gather in groups of no more than eight people. Don't go bigger or not everyone will have time to, to listen and to be, and to be heard. Um, not everybody, everybody will have time to listen, but not everyone will have time to speak. Um, 
It's a big room, so we're going to do a couple things. Those who really have trouble hearing conversation in a room full of ambient noise will have a group in the lobby. Someone before the service suggested they could take a group outside. That's fine, too. Just don't go far so we can find you again. Um, and there's seats to gather around in the lobby. Um, and everyone else, because the ambient noise can grow so fast, um, we'll speak softly and re resist that impulse to raise our voices over the ambient noise. If we speak under it, then that's much more effective and doesn't cause the uh, noise to grow. We did great in the 9.30 service. That was a wonderful dry run for a smaller group, and I think we'll do fine here. Finally, um, I encourage you to take out a timer, one of you in the group, I know everybody's got one in their pocket, right? And, um, and when it goes off, show it to the speaker so they can bring their sentence to a close and then time the next person. This is a cult to judge how long they are speaking and don't want to take up more than their share of time. And it allows everyone to share before we gather again. The topic is right here in the next entry in your order of service, gatherings. When everybody's got their group, you'll sit in silence. I will ring the bell, and then each person will have that two minutes to share a time when you knew you were heard and how it affected you. And everyone will listen with attention as the others speak. They'll say thank you when each person ends, and I'll watch the overall time and call you back with the second bell when we've had enough time for everyone to share. Okay, so you will be speaking for two minutes listening to others for about 15, enjoy the movie. You can gather your seats around in, in circles or whatever works well for you. No more than eight in a group. If you are gathered, I'm going to give you just a moment to get seated and find your silent time. And then after the bell subsides, the first person can share.
by my calculations, you should be on the last person sharing. If not, be on the last person sharing. So that everyone will get their chance. Everybody's got their chairs back in rows. <laughs> what a disciplined bunch. I know you are all paying too close attention to the folks in your group to notice this, but what I saw were these circles of bent heads, everything about your bodies like attentive uh, to one another, to the one person who is speaking. It's really a joy to see. So if this is something missing from your life, the church does a lot of these groups. And um, if you do want to join Talus Circles, I have a handy um, how to sign up um, uh, PA form if that's what you like. My group at the first service kept forgetting to say thank you. I kept forgetting to say thank you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing and listening.